Hey there, welcome to the Marketing Happy Hour podcast, where each week we're learning career-defining advice, powerful social media strategies, unique creative tips, groundbreaking influencer marketing tactics, and more from marketing experts that represent some of the world's leading brands. Let's dive in. Grab a drink and join your hosts, Cassie and Erica, for this week's episode. Hey everyone, I can't even believe it's almost the end of season four. We've had so many incredible guests this season and today's guest is no exception. Jess Massey is the founder of Hustle Sanely, a wellness-centered approach to pursuing your goals, offering free resources, podcast episodes, blog posts, and even digital and physical products to help you stay peacefully productive. Jess shares a behind-the-scenes look at how she started her own business out of her personal journey to get and stay productive while maintaining her peace. She shares her top three tips for productivity, how to establish and stick to a morning routine, the process of launching digital and physical products, how to create an environment that fosters productivity, and how having a strong community of loyal brand advocates can help any brand succeed. This is a must listen for anyone in your marketing career, especially if you resonated with our episode a couple episodes ago around burnout this season. I can't wait for you to hear from Jess, so grab your favorite beverage and listen in. Hey Jess, how are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you here. I know we kicked off this season with one of your really close friends, Carson. So we're excited to kind of close out the season (laughs) with you. Um, But before we jump in, I have a very important question that I need to ask you. And that is, what is in your glass tonight? It is marketing happy hour after all, or I guess this afternoon, since we're recording at around like (laughs) two o'clock. Hey, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? I'm sure. Um, I have two glasses going right now. I have a giant glass of water and then I have an iced coffee. I'm an oat milk latte kind of gal. I drink too many every day. So (laughs) I'm drinking one now. (laughs) I love that. Do you have an espresso machine that you use? Uh, I do not. I go to, there is a local coffee shop right up the road from us and we go, my husband and I literally every single day, sometimes twice a day. And I used to feel guilty about it, but I'm like, you know what? Number one, supporting local. Okay. Do it brings me joy. And number three, we invested in this coffee shop earlier this year. So I'm like, really, we're just paying ourselves. So this is fine. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Wait, can you say what coffee shop? Yeah. 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 It's King State. King State. Oh, I love that. Oh, I'm a big fan of King State. Cassie, what do you think? Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So good. And the branding. I know. Points. I always tell my husband that I want our house to look like King State feels because I'm like, it's just Mm -hmm. so bright and all the plants everywhere. Like, oh, I love going in there and working. It is my favorite place. Yeah. For anyone that's going to visit Tampa, you'll have to hit up King State because we all love it. And yes, add it to your itinerary for sure. (laughs) Yes. And in the meantime, go to their Instagram because it's a great experience online as well. But yes, I have water. Typically just, I am double fisting as well. I always have nine drinks on my table at one time, but you got to stay hydrated. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) 
Awesome. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your background and how Hustle Sanely came to be. So could you take us a little bit behind the scenes on that journey? Yeah, totally. So I started Hustle Sanely in September of 2018, which now it feels like so long ago, even though I don't know, it's just, it's crazy. Time is flying by and I don't think the pandemic helped. Um, but I always say that I started Hustle Sanely on accident. I was kind of solving my own problems and that's kind of how it came to be. So at the time when I started it, I in 2015, went back to college for my second bachelor's degree because I was a career changer. Um, I was back in school trying to get a second bachelor's degree so that I could get into grad school for speech language pathology, which is very intense. Um, I didn't know how intense it was going to be or else I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, but I was working three part-time jobs trying to get into grad school. And then I did get into grad school. Um, and then I was for the program that I was in, you had to do on-site internships. So I was on-site at um, a school or a clinic, just kind of doing hands-on training. Um, like I said, I was working multiple jobs. I obviously had to go to class because that's part of being in school. And then I was just trying to still take care of myself, show up for my marriage, show up for my friendships, for my family. And it wasn't working out. I remember like very vividly, there was a moment where I was studying for, and I still get chills telling the story like not the good kind of chills, like the kind where you want to like close your eyes and like never think of this moment again. Um, but I was studying for a neuroanatomy exam and I had flashcards of the cranial nerves spread out all around me on the floor of my office. And I was cramming away. And I remember my husband tapping on the door and just kind of poking his head in just to check in. He's like, Hey, how's it going? You all right in there? And I was like, I'm not. And I just started bawling. And that's when it hit me. I was like this isn't working. Like how I'm living my life right now is not serving me. It's not supporting my mental health. It's not supporting the important relationships in my life. This isn't worth it to me. Um, but obviously I didn't want to stop pursuing the goal that I was working toward. Cause I really did at the time want to become a speech language pathologist. So I kind of decided to go on what I like to call a personal development journey at that time. And this was probably, this was 2017, early 2017, when this happened. Um, so that's what I started doing. I started reading and researching all about productivity, mindset, habits, like all of that kind of stuff. And I've always been like very type A. I don't know if you guys remember in elementary school, like agenda planner day where they would like pass out your, do you guys yeah. remember that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I would nerd out over that. Like that was my <laughs> jam. I lived for it. And so I've always just been like very kind of, I guess, naturally gifted when it comes to creating schedules. And that's how I was always able to do so much, even though I was doing too much at the time. Um, so I just started, I was sharing my journey online of grad school and people started noticing that my attitude was changing. They were seeing like, I made a digital planner on and started selling it on Etsy because people asked me like, Hey, I want that too. Can you show us like how to use that? So that's actually how Hustle Sanely started. It was a digital planner on Etsy because people saw it on my Instagram stories and they were like, 
We want that. And we also need you to teach us how to use it. So that's kind of how Hustle Sanely started. And so that was September, 2018. And then in January, 2019, so really quickly after I dropped out of school and just started running with Hustle Sanely because it kind of took off. And I was like, there is absolutely no way that I could do both of these well. I've learned that the hard way. So I decided to go with Hustle Sanely. And that is kind of how I got to where I am today. Hustle Stanley has changed a ton since then for the better, in my opinion. Um, but that's how it all started. That is incredible. I love that story. I think that's so awesome to hear like the behind the scenes of you would never set out to like do this, but just because everyone was seeing how you were managing your schedule, it became a business. I love that. Yeah. so much. Thank you. Yeah. So I do want to know, what are your top three essential productivity tips? I feel like this is a very great question, especially a couple episodes ago, we just talked about burnout and um, yeah. kind of how to avoid it and just all sorts of tips there. But I feel like you could probably um, really give some good tips around that as well. Yeah. So I'm all about what we like to call peaceful productivity, just because I feel like when I think of productivity, I think of like, the grind, like pedal to the metal, kind of checking off a billion tasks. And that just doesn't work for me. And that's just not what I teach because I don't think it's sustainable. Um, so I would say my top three essential peaceful productivity tips. Number one is scheduling in your rest every single week, because if you don't schedule it in, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And something that I am very, very passionate about because I've experienced the, I guess, ramifications of it is you don't have to earn your rest. Like rest is essential in itself. Like you don't have to finish a list and then you get to rest. Like I believe in operating from a place of rest. And that's why I'm a big fan also of weaving little pockets of rest into our daily lives through habits and routines, and then kind of weaving a little bit of bigger areas of rest into your weekly routine. Um, that way you don't get to that point of burnout. It's like preventative maintenance basically for your life when it comes to burnout. Um, so that is my first tip is scheduling in weekly rest. Even if you don't know what you're going to do, just block it out on the calendar, like an hour, two hours, whatever, just like get it on the calendar and you can figure out what kind of rest you need when you get there, but just have it set on your calendar. Um, and then I would say tip number two is I am also a big fan of energy aligned time blocking. So I am, I check in with myself every day. I'm like, okay, how do I feel? Like, what do I need today? Obviously you can't change everything every day based on how you're feeling because you have deadlines, you have other people depending on you, like totally get that. I'm not saying that that's the case, um, but I do think it's important to check in with how you feel at the beginning of the day so that you can assess your energy and then kind of allocate your tasks for that day accordingly. So if you're like, okay, I have a lot of energy. I'm ready to like do the dang thing. Like do your high energy tasks at the beginning of the day instead of waiting until the end of the day. Cause I know something I used to struggle with is I would reach for, I call them low hanging fruit tasks. Those easy things that like don't take a lot of brain power, but it feels really dang good to check it off of your to-do yeah. list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Um, but I like to save those for the end of my day because I know that that's when I don't have as much mental energy. Um, so that is tip number two is using energy aligned time blocking and just kind of scheduling your day according to that. And then tip number three is batching. And I know this is a huge thing, especially in the entrepreneur space, but I do think that there's ways that we can batch like our personal lives as well, because we all have things that we repeat from week to week or day to day. Um, and batching is essentially working smarter, not harder in action. So it's like doing the, uh, the same task or the same type of tasks over and over in like a shorter amount of time rather than spacing them out. So a big one for me, I do all of my, like I call them life errands on Fridays. Obviously sometimes it doesn't work out and you have to like go run and do something like on the fly. But for the most part, I try to just stack all of my errand running on Fridays just so that I'm not like coming and going all week long. Another thing that I do for batching in my business, I take all of my calls and meetings on Thursdays. Again, it doesn't always happen, but that's that's kind of like how I build my week to kind of structure around that. Um, just because it allows you to get in the headspace of a certain type of task one time instead of having to get there repeatedly over and over again, because that uses up so much mental energy. Um, so I think those would be my top three essential peaceful productivity tips. Those are so good. And I just have a follow-up really yeah. quickly for someone who maybe wants to schedule rest into their their work week, their schedule, but doesn't know what that rest could look like. Can you give some examples of what rest could look like? Is it a walk? Is it, you know, just reading a book? Like, what is that? Yeah, for sure. So I say the way that I define rest is whatever refreshes you. And I don't think that it has to look the exact same every time you're going to rest. I don't know if you've heard of this before. Um, I believe her name is Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Um, she is the one who kind of put this study out there. There are seven different types of rest, which when I learned this, I was like, whoa, what do you mean? Like <laughs> it, it absolutely blew my mind. I have a whole episode on it over on my podcast because it just like intrigued me so much. Um, and so I think that's a really important step is learning about the seven different types of rest so that you can kind of check in with yourself and see what kind of rest you need, because I think it very varies depending on how your day is gone, how your week is gone. Like if you've exerted a lot of creative energy for work one week, you probably need to creatively rest. Whereas maybe a different week you were doing more like physical labor for your job. Maybe you're moving into a new warehouse or if you're a teacher setting up your classroom, your body is probably going to be craving physical rest instead, right? Um, so for me, I love going on walks. That is something my husband and I go on an afternoon walk almost every day if it's not too hot here in Florida, um, because that's just, I feel like with walking, it kind of checks a lot of the rest boxes for me. It gives me like a mental reset. It gives me a creative reset. It's obviously like pretty physical. So there's just a lot of different types of rest rolled up into one. And then reading fiction is my other favorite one. I just got back into reading fiction and it's just something that makes me lose track of time. And it, I stop thinking about things that don't need to be thought about in that moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Right now I am reading, it is Emily Henry's new book and yes. it's called Book Lovers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have that actually waiting for me in my really? package locker right now. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to read that one. She's great. Yeah. I read Beach Read by her last summer when we took a trip to Hawaii. And that was my first fiction book that I'd read in a very long time. And that's what got me back into reading fiction was that book. So I have a very special place for Emily Henry in my heart. I love her. 
That is amazing. I am very much on a business book kick right now, but I need to get back into the fiction. So I'll definitely have to grab that as well and read it. (laughs) These tips have been, yes, I will definitely grab it, but these tips have been so helpful so far. I've seen a lot of your content on Instagram too. And I know you talk a lot about to-do lists, which is something that I live by. Um, and I do know with to-do lists, it can either create a lot of overwhelm or it could be that piece that helps you feel less overwhelmed. So do you have any tips on building, keeping track of your to-do list? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I am, I have what I call a catch all task list and I have one for personal stuff and then one for work. That's just how my brain functions as I like to separate like work versus life. Um, but I think it's going to look different for everybody. And that's what I teach through hustle sanely. Like everything that I teach is like a foundation. Um, but you have to build the house on top of it. Like you have to figure out what kind of door you want, what kind of windows you want, like how many stories, you know what I mean? Like that's your job. Um, so everything that I teach, that's just, I, I like to put that out there. So you don't have to copy exactly what I do, but like use the principles, like eat the fish, spit out the bones kind of a thing. Um, I am a, so with, with my catch all task lists, I keep them digital, but then my weekly task list. So like when I'm going to those and grabbing off, like what is a priority for this week, then I'm a paper planner girl all the way. It does not make sense to a lot of people that I separate it like digital and paper, but it's just, it works well for my brain. Um, And it took me a long time to accept that because I feel like, especially as a business owner, you see so many like complicated systems with like bells and whistles and, you know, all of these crazy platforms online. And you're like, okay, I have to figure out how to use this because this is what everybody else is using. But I just, I think no, just don't do that. Like figure out what works for you and just do that. Do whatever you're actually going to stick with. That's what I always teach people. Um, and then one tip that I teach that works for pretty much everybody when it comes to a daily to-do list is I teach a thing called focus three. So it's just prioritizing your to-do list. People kind of panic when I'm like, yeah, you have to pick like the three most important tasks every day to give your best time and energy to. They're like, wait, I have so much more than like three three things to do. I'm like, girl, same. Like we all do. That is not, that's not what I'm saying, but it's so important to go into each day knowing what are your three most important tasks. That way, like I said, you can give your best time and energy to those instead of pushing them off to the end of the day when you're kind of out of brain power and you're like, oh my gosh, like this was a big deadline. I was supposed to get this done and now I have nothing left to pour into it. So that's why I'm a big fan of choosing your focus three every day with your daily to-do list. That is amazing. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Kanban method. That is something it's it's pretty cool. So I learned this years ago at a conference and like, it's again, to your point where just figure out what works and stick with it. It's something that I don't see a lot of people use, but essentially it's three different lists to do doing and done. And it's just movable. So it's for my brain. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, I think for me, having something that's active throughout the day helps my brain process everything better. But I like how you said, just figure out the method, whether it's digital, having a paper planner, you know, just stick with what works and just use it and run with it. Yeah. People need to give themselves permission to not do these crazy complicated things. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's where people get hung up is when it comes to any type of productivity, People feel the need to create these huge life altering, you know, systems 
But then they're like, oh my gosh, I have to keep doing this every single day for the rest of my life in order for it to work. And then it's overwhelming. So then people just, they don't do it. They're like, nope, never mind, forget it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, which is flying by the seat of my pants. Um, but I think if you just simple, like simplify it and just focus on like what works for you and stick with that. That's totally fine. Like how you said the working to-do list is what works for you. I've tried that and it does not work for me. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to move the task over. Like it's in the wrong column. Like I panicked over that, but the fact that it works for you, it's just such a great example that we both found like what works for us and they're different things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for anyone who is listening and is struggling with the balance of work and life, what would you say to them? What are some tips that you can share for people who are facing that? Okay. So I think it's a little bit different depending on whether you're a business owner or, you know, you work a nine to five. If you're a business owner, I would say the biggest thing is setting work hours. If you don't already have them, I did not have them the first year that I was running hustle sanely. And I was working a lot, but I didn't realize that I was working a lot because I really do love what I do. No matter how much you love what you do, if you do too much, you're going to burn out because you're going to be pouring from an empty cup. You know, you've heard, we've all heard that saying before. Um, so that would be my big tip for entrepreneurs is set work hours. I promise you, your business is not going to implode while you're sleeping. Or if you clock out at 6 PM and you don't clock back in until 9 AM, like your business is not going to like crash and burn while you're sleeping. Okay. Um, so that's that one. And then if you work a more like nine to five or, you know, something similar like that boundaries, I think creating boundaries for yourself, but not only creating the boundaries for yourself, but communicating them to your coworkers. And that includes your boss. And there is, there are so many good teachers on Instagram, um, about boundaries and communicating them. Um, but it's just, I think I really, that's something that I really appreciate about our generation as I feel like creating and communicating boundaries is kind of becoming the norm. Whereas, you know, my parents, whenever I talk about this with them, they're like, oh my gosh, you would say that to your boss or your neighbor or whatever. They're like, isn't that kind of rude or harsh? I'm like, absolutely not. Like it's protecting me so that I can be the best version of myself for that person that I'm communicating the boundary to. Um, so I think that the boundaries are obviously going to look different for everybody, depending on your personality, what the job is, what the job calls for and all of that stuff. Um, but I think just kind of getting really, really clear on what your boundaries are for your role at work and just making sure that you communicate those, like I said, to anybody on your work team who they're going to affect. Yeah, absolutely. Boundaries are huge. And even setting work hours when you are, um, you know, running your own business, that's a form of boundary setting. I think, Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. I, that was a great tip. Yeah, thank um, you. <laughs> of course, you mentioned a little bit around uh, setting your top three to-do list um, items for the day and things like that in the morning. Um, can you give us a look into your typical morning routine and how have you often? Yes, I would love to. I love morning routines. I've always been kind of a morning routine junkie, but my morning routine has ebbed and flowed and changed depending on my season of life. And that's something that I always like to kind of put out there before I dive into my morning routine, because I feel like, you know, you see those morning routines on like YouTube or Pinterest where they're just like, 
perfectly aesthetic. Like it's just, you know, everything is in its place. It's like a two hour ordeal. If you want to do that and you can do that, great. Like you do that, that works for you, but your morning routine can literally be 10 or 15 minutes. Like it does not have to be this huge ordeal deal. And so I think that's what a lot of people get scared of who come into the hustle Sandy community. They're like, I do not have time for like a two hour thing before work. And I'm like, good. You don't have to, if you don't want to. Um, so my morning routine now is very, very simple. I wake up usually between five 45 and six. I'm an early morning person. I am, I'm a granny. I am sleeping by like nine 30 PM just because that's how my body clock works. Um, so I get up pretty early and my husband, and he sleeps later than me. So I kind of get out of the room as quickly as possible, just so I'm not making noise. And then I go into the kitchen and I ice roll my face. I make some coffee and then I grab my stuff out of my office and go sit on the couch. Um, so there are, I would say four things that I do pretty much every single morning. And it might sound like a lot, but I really have it down to like a system that works for me. And it takes me like 30, 35 minutes. And I can tell such a difference the days that I do it versus the days that I skip it. Like how I show up for the rest of my day is affected. My mindset is affected. Um, so it's so worth that time investment to me to show up for myself in that way. Um, but the four things that I do, I read the Bible first and then I journal. So I actually have a journal called the peacefully productive journal. It's through hustle sanely. And so I fill out my morning page every morning. And then I write a prayer on the like free write page every morning. Um, so that's number two. Number three is I read a personal development book. So I'm always reading a fiction and a nonfiction at the same time, because that's just what I like to do. And then the last step is I spend a little bit of time in prayer and meditation, usually like three to five minutes, nothing wild. I love that so much. I I'm writing so many notes to take away, like even the <laughs> ice it. rolling, like that's something I did for a while back. And this is just a reminder. I need to get ice rolling again. It's yeah. Great. <laughs> and one of my favorite things in the morning is I like to do habit stacking in the morning. So that way I'm not really thinking of like, oh my gosh, there's 20 steps in my morning routine. I'm just like, no, I make my coffee. And while I'm waiting for the coffee to do its thing, I grab the ice roller out of the freezer and then I just roll my face while I do it. And so instead of looking at like each individual task because that that's daunting to me that's overwhelming I'm like oh my gosh that's too much like I don't have time to do that so that's why I'm a big fan of habit stacking in the morning and I think if you're new to starting a morning routine do that so like and I don't know how everybody else does habit stacking but for me it's like something like an old habit that's already like ingrained in my mind that I don't have to think about aka drinking coffee right when I wake up I don't gotta think about doing that like it's just like an automatic thing for me so I attached like a new habit that I'm wanting to implement to that so that it's like less overwhelming I just I get excited because I'm like I'm excited for my coffee okay now let me do this new thing and ice roll and then another example of that habit stacking too something that I'm working on is stretching. I am not the best at stretching. (laughs) Um, so I, for my, whenever I'm doing my prayer and meditation, I have made, uh, like a new habit of I'll put on worship music in the background and just like stretch while like two songs play. And so that's kind of like a whole little thing that I do. I, I don't do that every single day, but it's just another example of the habit stacking. I love that. That's so awesome. And you talked a little bit about some of the physical products that you've created. So do you have any insight for anyone looking to create a merch line, physical, digital products, and also what has your experience been developing those products? 
Yeah. So I started with only digital products and to be honest, I wouldn't have done it any other way. And that's what I always recommend people to do. Um, number one, obviously some products you can't do a digital version, like a t-shirt. You can't be like, here's my digital t-shirt. Um, but you know, like planners, journals, like book type things. Um, you can, I started all digital and it was just number one, it was a learning like I learned how to create products without having to put too much skin in the game, AKA money. Cause it's very, very affordable to create digital products. Whereas physical products, it's a whole nother ball game. Um, and not only that, but I was able to learn how to make products that people liked. And then it was very, it's very easy to change digital products, paper products. Once they're out there, they're out there. So it's really hard to change them. Um, but I was able to use the profits that we made from our digital products to then kind of turn around and start a paper product line. And that's something that I'm really, really happy that we did because a big value of mine as a business owner is I don't want to go in debt for anything in my business. And so we didn't have to, we were able, like I said, to use those profits from the digital products to transfer over into starting a paper product line. So that's a big, big tip, but I don't really hear a lot of people talking about if you can start digital and use that to kind of launch your, your paper product line or whatever physical product you're trying to put out there. That is Awesome. And I actually have a follow-up there. I wanted to know what your favorite tools are for creating digital products. Are there online resources that you've used? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I, like I said earlier, I'm a very simple gal. Okay. I am not a designer or, you know, into super intense design tools. I use Canva to create like all of the graphics and stuff in my business, but I actually, and the first time I ever told my web designer friends this, I think a lot of them went into shock. They were like, excuse me, what? <laughs> so all of my digital planners and digital journals, I actually use Microsoft PowerPoint and keynotes oh, to make them. And they were just like, what? That is not okay. And I'm like, well, it works for me. Um, and so I actually have a whole course. That was the first course that I ever created, how to create digital products 101, where I teach people how to create digital planners, digital journals, like all of those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, those are my two go-to tools. That is so cool. I, I love the old school Microsoft yes. shout out. <laughs> But moving forward from your digital products and into your physical products, how did you go about doing that? Where did you start? Because I know there's a lot of people out there who would really love to um, launch a physical line. They just don't know where to begin. Um, what did that look yeah, like? Yeah, a lot of Googling is what it looked like. A whole lot of Googling. Yeah. And I'm going to be very honest. There is not, at least when I started. So I started my paper line. We started planning it in 2019. And our first planner came out in 2020, which also would not recommend launching a paper product line in the middle of pandemic. That was insane. Obviously, I didn't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but I was like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. Um, but it I Googled so much, watched so many YouTube videos. And like I said, honestly, there wasn't that much good information that I could find. So we're working on a course for next year to help people who are wanting to start a paper product line. Um, but what I will say is my first year, I went through like a third party 
honestly, I don't even know the term, like a third party company where they were kind of, cause we get our products manufactured overseas. And so it can be really hard to communicate with people overseas because of the time difference, um, the language difference. It's just, especially if you're brand new to creating products, you don't know the lingo anyways, most likely. So you're just like, okay, I don't know what anyone is saying. I don't know what any of this means. So we went through a third-party company who they just act like a middleman. Like they do all of the communicating with the manufacturer for you. It was more pricey, but I would do that route again for my first year, just because that it's like, you're drinking from a fire hose. Like you're just, there's so much going on. And so having somebody who's kind of in your corner, who's, you know, kind of showing up for you, asking the right questions for you, making sure that the manufacturers have what you need and, you know, know what you're asking for um, was really, really helpful. And then the, our second year, which we're in right now, we're creating our third planner now, but our second one is out in the world. Um, we went directly to the manufacturers ourselves because it was a lot more affordable and we felt more confident in knowing the lingo and just knowing the process. Um, but that is one thing that I would recommend if you're just getting started is I think it's worth the money your first year to kind of work with that third-party company that acts as the middleman to just help guide the entire process. That makes a lot of sense and super helpful because I know too, Erica and I have talked about building products and how to approach that. And there's just so many different options and it's kind of a daunting feat. So that's super helpful to hear yeah. your journey and how you did it. Yeah. And so I have to ask, I'm looking at your office, a portion of your office through zoom and going back to productivity really quick. How do you think that environment and setting up your office space plays into productivity? And do you have any tips for creating an environment that is good for your mind, but also your work levels as well? Yeah, I think that our physical environment affects our mental environment, for lack of a better phrase, so much. It's just like you absorb what you're in and what you're around, right? So like same thing goes for like what you're watching on TV, what kind of music you're listening to, what kind of conversations you're having with people, like those kinds of things get in your mind and affect how you show up and operate in your life. Just like the actual physical space that you're in, it affects how you operate and show up for your life. Um, and I think a lot of people think that they need like an entire dedicated room or office to be productive. You don't, you just need a little corner of your house if that's all you have, but just optimize that corner so that it supports you. So I don't, it's, it's different for everybody, depending on just like your personality, your work needs, like what your job is, like all that stuff. But for me, I love having natural light because it just keeps me alert and awake. So I love having like my workspace by a window. Um, luckily my office has two giant windows. So that is amazing. And then also this might sound silly, but having live plants on my desk is another thing that just like it, I'm excited. I think if you're excited to sit down at your desk, you're going to be more productive because you're, you want to be there, right? You're kind of getting rid of some of that resistance when it comes to going in your office, sitting down, you're just like, Oh, it's pretty. It's nice. It's inviting. I want to be here. So then you're kind of more inclined to do what you need to do. Um, 
so having live plants is another thing that does that for me. I keep my vision board on my desk as well, just because seeing it reminds me of why I am doing the little tedious tasks that I'm doing every day sometimes. Um, and then two other things, I have um, my monthly affirmation written on a little whiteboard on my desk as well, just because like I was mentioning earlier, I think anything that we you take in, consume, affects us. So I just always like to be reading positive words in front of me. And then I am also a big fan of essential oils. And I know they're not everybody's jam, but they have helped me in so many ways. And they smell really freaking good. Okay. Um, so they just like, I love diffusing peppermint and something citrus in the morning because it just like wakes me up, puts a little pep in my step. Um, so that is another thing, just kind of getting like tap into your senses, right? Like when you're creating a space that you want to help you be productive, like think about what do you want to see? What do you want to smell? What do you want to hear? Here. I love playing lo-fi music whenever I'm working. Um, so just think about all of that stuff. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. And I'll also add, if you do not have a green thumb like myself, you could do like <laughs> some dried florals or something yes. like that. Cause that's what I do in my yeah. apartment. <laughs> that totally works. Yeah. I love it. And I, it's so true. The environment that you're in really, really affects like your productivity and just like who you are during your day. So totally yeah. agree with that. Another thing that can affect who you are, your productivity and what you're doing throughout the day is community. And I know Hustle Sanely has an amazing online community as well. And you have your podcast and you're sending emails and you have, you know, your Instagram community. So let's talk about that for a second. How did you build your community and was it just through digital products and everyone buying those or was it really first through social media? What did that look like? I think it's the inverse of what you said with the digital products. I think the digital products sold so well because my community is so amazing and I it's so funny when people ask this because I'm like, how did I build community? And it's honestly, I've always been, I love sharing the journey of solving a problem. So like, that's kind of what gets people excited about what you're doing is not just showing the finished product, but just kind of taking them along with you. Um, so like, for example, when I got it, it was like I mentioned at the beginning, it was really hard to get into an SLP grad school program. And I was scouring the internet, just looking for support and resources of tips to get into grad school. And just like, I don't know, wanting to hear other people's experiences. Um, and so I couldn't find anything on YouTube or, you know, blogs. Like I could find people who are already SLPs, but it's just, I couldn't find anybody who was going through the journey. And I was like, this is my promise to the world. If I get into grad school, I'm sharing the journey. I'm going to share like how I got in, what I'm doing once I'm in, what it's like. So I started a YouTube channel and an Instagram account. It was called the social speechy. And it, those blew up. They took off, I think, because it was so niche. First of all, like who's talking about SLP grad school online back then? Not a lot of people were. <laughs> um, so I think just taking people with you on the journey and not feeling like you have to show up with everything figured out and yourself put together. Um, I really do think that's what makes the Hustle Stanley community so strong and so special is they accept me 
for who I am right now, not who, you know, I'm trying to be, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, they accept every part of me. Um, and that's with hustle sanely too. Like I've shared the whole journey of everything. I've shared the highs, I've shared the lows, obviously I have boundaries of like what I'm sharing versus what I'm not. Um, but I'm not scared to be vulnerable online. And even when we created our first paper planner back in the middle of a pandemic, they sold out in three days because we took people on the journey. Like I, sh I was showing people my desk covered in computer paper with like my sketches with like a freaking Sharpie on literal <laughs> computer paper. And I was like, this is going to be our first paper planner. And like, you know, we unbox samples with the community and we do polls and get them involved in helping create the products because the products aren't for me. The products are for us. Um, so I just think just bringing people with you is the best advice that I have so good. That's awesome. And Jess, you mentioned how you are working on another planner, which is super exciting. We cannot wait to learn more about that, but including the products that you're building, what is next for Hustle Sanely? What's coming up for you guys? Oh my gosh. So uh, we, like you said, have a new planner coming out. We try to add one new product to our paper product line every year. Um, so we have a brand new product coming out this fall that will be with the paper product line. Um, and then next year, we are wanting to do our first ever Hustle Sanely in-person event. So like a retreat type situation. So I have a monthly membership called the Hustle Sanely BFF membership. And right now we're sitting at around two 280 members. And so it's going to be just for BFFs first, um, not the entire Hustle Stanley community. Cause I'm like, let me start small. Like, let me dip my toe in the water and like, see how a live in-person event goes. Um, but that is something that is major on our radar for next year. And then in the coming years, one of my big, big goals for Hustle Stanley is to write a book. So I would say those are my two big goals for the future. I also have a dream to write a book in the near future. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I will have to figure out what, uh, how Cassie and I can join in on the BFFs community. Yes. We would love to support you in any way that we can. Um, finally, I'm sad that our interview is almost over here, but it all has to come to an end at some point. Uh, we love to ask this question on Marketing Happy Hour. Is there anything that you know now, other than all of the amazing tips that you've already shared, that you wish you knew when you were starting your business? Yeah, I think, and I know people say this a lot, and so... I'm kind of like, should I say it? But it really is what I have carried with me from the beginning to now. It's okay to start messy and small. And what that looks like for me is... I don't know what Hustle Sanely is going to be looking like in three years, five years, 10 years. And people ask me, I'm like, I have no clue. All I know is that I'm okay with kind of fumbling through like the, the daily steps to get me to those bigger things that I want to accomplish. And it's just, I think you have to find, and this is another cheesy saying, but you have to find that joy in the journey because the journey is what makes up so much of our life. Like the actual accomplishments, like, yeah, they're amazing. They're great when you get to them, but the actual achievement of something, it, it takes up so little time in our lives, right? Whereas getting to the achievement, that's where we're spending most of our time. So I think it's so important to make sure that you're finding a way to enjoy that journey. Like making sure that you're taking care of yourself as you're pursuing the goals, because that's something that I didn't do at the beginning. 
that's why I started Hustle Sanely is because it's so, so, so important to really prioritize your mental health and the important relationships in your life as you're pursuing the goals, not once you've completed them. Awesome. And Jess, because we are closing out, we'll definitely be linking all of your different resources in the show notes, but where can people stay in touch with you and learn more from you online as well? Yeah. So uh, the place that I hang out the most is Instagram and I am at Jess M Massey over there. And then literally everything hustle sanely lives at jessicamassey.com. Like that will shoot you off to anywhere on the internet that you want to go that has anything to do with hustle sanely. I love it. Awesome. And we're so excited to continue staying in touch with you and seeing what you have coming up. You have a bright future ahead and thank you so much for sharing everything today with us. Well, thank you ladies so much. This was such a life-giving conversation. You guys are great. Catch me running to Jess's website to find all of her amazing resources and join her BFF community. We had so much fun learning from Jess and I cannot wait to meet up IRL in Tampa soon, hopefully at King State. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you loved this episode, please remember to rate and leave a review. And as always, follow us on Instagram at Marketing Happy Hour. That's at Marketing Happy HR.